Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves. Right back in this game. Big expectations. They got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well, it makes the people in the city excited and happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Ultra Plus. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 
Who was that? I've never heard of that song before. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a local recording artist from La Glace. La Glace. It's right outside of uh, Grand Prairie. Okay. This is a guy by the name of Matt Pattershick. All right. So uh, that song uh, called Sometimes You've Got to Do Bad Things to Do Good. He reached out to me yesterday and said, hey, what do you think of this? So absolutely, this, we'll get that on. Sure, absolutely. This is a open invitation. If you're, uh, you know, we, we ran with some rural Alberta advantage. Of course, they'd started to get some uh, commercial main play at that stage, but uh, love it. Awesome stuff. Hey, I'm an old CGSR guy from back in the day. We were, yeah, the tragically hip was on CGSR in like the late 1980s, right? Long before they ever struck it big on the big stations in town with guys with deep voices. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex, they can manage your corporate cell phone plan. Saving your company money. That's your corporate cell phone plan. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Coming up on today's show, it is a Tuesday. It is Stoffer and Spectre for Horse Racing Alberta. The horses, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry, which will be thriving moving forward with Century Mile out towards the airport. A reminder, uh, we got spec in from 1230 to 130 plus. Heavily interactive show as well today. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. It's brought to you by the River Cree and Casino's great show home giveaway. Every month until December 2019, you can win entries for a luxuriously Design show home in Edgemont. Head to the River Cree Resort and Casino for more details. And you can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. So spec coming down the pipe. At uh, He'll probably be in just a little bit before 1230. Brandon, I know you would have seen a... Uh, here's where we're at right now. The Edmonton Oilers are in the bye week. Uh, the team hits the ice Thursday night. There's actually... Uh, you know, we'll have some sort of discussion in town Wednesday night at an event that's going to be taking place uh, down at Rogers Place in the late uh, afternoon. We should mention, uh, we'll get to NHL today in the first um, half hour of the show as well for elite promotional marketing. But so much discussion. What are the Edmonton Oilers going to do? And uh, I know I put a, a tweet out this morning. Obviously, the Edmonton Oilers are in need of a different dynamic at forward and could use some more scoring depth. Unfortunately, interim general manager Keith Kretzky has inherited significant cap challenges. Logic dictates the Oilers need to offload some money before they can add anything. There's a couple different factors in play here. And people say, well, Stoffer, you're stating the obvious. And yes, it's obvious. Uh, people ask all the time about Andre Sekra. I don't know where we're at with Andre Sekra. All I know is he needs to be activated before he can be sent down to the minors. So the orders are going to have to find a way to get some wiggle room right now because they're right up against it from a cap perspective. Sekra is a $5.5 million cap hit. The other thing is if Edmonton is to change the dynamic with the forwards, they're going to have to move some money out. At this time, and I, maybe things have changed and these situations are fluid, I don't see a... Uh, an opportunity yet 
uh, on the Cam Talbot front, which would be the obvious one. The Oilers have re-signed Miko Koskinen to a contract extension, three years at $4.5 million. Uh, Cam Talbot, the team's number one goaltender, basically for the last three and a half seasons, um, you know, the, the writing's kind of on the wall here that something inevitably could happen. My guess is that that might happen closer to the trade deadline, which is roughly a month away. So, don't know if that is a short-term solution for the Edmonton Oilers, which brings us to expiring contracts. Oilers don't have a lot of UFAs. I mean, Alex Chason came on a one-year deal of 650000 He's got 17 goals. You would think that he might merit a contract extension, uh, though you wouldn't want to necessarily overpay. He has tailed off. I think he's got just one goal over his last 11 games. Um, Alexander Petrovich, you just picked him up. Now, maybe something gives with Manning and Petrovich. I would suggest it's probably easier to move Petrovich, given the fact that he's got an expiring contract. He's a UFA. Brandon Manning's got another year left at... Two point, what is it? Two point two five million dollars or something like that, carrying forward. Up front, Tobias Reeder yet to score a goal this season. He's a restricted free agent at two million dollars. Now he was acquired last year in a deadline deal by the LA Kings. Not out of the realm of possibilities that a team that's going for it looks at Reeder and says, "Well, fresh start somewhere else." You know. Good team. Maybe he could potentially be a piece depth-wise for uh, another organization. And then if the Oilers can move out some of that money, that could be potentially, A, how you activate, theoretically, Secra and get him going up in the farm, and B, uh, maybe provide you with a wiggle room to get a different type of forward coming in, especially once um, the inevitable situation with one Cam Talbot resolves itself. We'll see. I mean, I think the Oilers might need Koskinen and Talbot here at least in the next couple of weeks once we get back. We'll have to wait and see on that front. Uh, that's do, and at this stage, hey, I get it. Everyone's saying, how could you guys put yourself in these sort of camp situations? It's an absolutely fair question. I mean, you look at the assessment that took place, the change at general manager a week ago uh, Wednesday with Peter Shirelli. You know, as uh, Elliot Friedman perhaps said it best, it was time. Uh, Shirelli, Boston, and now Edmonton, and two organizations that have been hamstrung cap-wise upon his departure. Uh, And uh, in terms of the player procurement on the pro side, lots of question marks regarding the moves this year, all of which are completely fair. The one area that he has uh, done some good things, or did some good things for the Oilers organization, I think we can agree on, is I, I think Edmonton's at a better place developmentally with young prospects moving forward. I think that'd be fair. People will say, well, you know, where were the checks and balances with Shirelli? For those of us that were around him on a day-to-day basis, let's just say he's got a very strong personality. Okay? And he was the boss. 12-14 in Edmonton. Elliot Friedman uh, joined us. We're going to go to our Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. For product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Elliot Friedman had an interesting comment on how the Oilers compare to other organizations. The biggest question the Oilers have is how does their organization, top to bottom, compare to other organizations. I think very quietly, and probably even more secretly than we realize, a lot of teams are changing the way they do business. It's it's not only analytics, it's sports sciences, it's studying certain things, and I think the biggest question is, 
have the Oilers adapted to that, or are they embracing that as much as other teams are? And I think that, to me, is the question. And the other thing, too, is, as Nicholson said, you have to look up and down at the way you judge players because it's a factor. All right, so uh, on the sports science front, I'll give you an illustration. I'm led to believe last year the New Jersey Devils organization backed off the length of their practices. Uh, And, you know, rest is important. There's some people that believe you can only fuel that athlete's engine up four to four and a half times a week. So if you're playing three to four games a week, why would you kill said athlete in practice? Some of you old school guys would say that's complete and total BS. Forget it. You know, this is a hard game, and guys got to get their endurance levels up and be able to handle it. But the thing is, the fourth-line guy that plays 10 minutes ain't playing 19 to 22 minutes like the top-end player. And that's a byproduct of how the cap has changed as well. See, Detroit, when they loaded up back in the day, the Detroit Red Wings before the pre-cap world, they didn't just have superstars at the top of the food chain like Steve Eiserman and uh, Sergei Fedorov, they could take other players, uh, veteran guys, and roll them out in third and fourth lines as well, and those guys could play 12 to 14 minutes a game, ease the workload for everybody. And the elite NHL teams have greater depth and are capable. Like right now, the New York Islanders, as an example, they lose John Tavares. Who in their right mind thought that the New York Islanders would be you know, amongst the, the leaders uh, in the Eastern Conference? I certainly didn't think so. But they've got unbelievable production out of their third and fourth lines. And that's part of the so their third and fourth lines can play 11, 13, some games 15 minutes a game. Uh, the Oilers are not in that position. Their top end guys are playing 20 to 23 minutes a game. McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. Absolutely. This is the part where you say, well, Bob, the organization diluted itself of a talent base. 100%. It's true. They did. It happened. Uh, Not everybody internally agreed with some of the moves that were being made during that entire process. But the general manager moved him. He's now gone. Where do you go from here? So you have a short-term conversation and you have a long-term conversation. In a perfect world, the orders in the short term would offload some cash and maybe get some help at forward. Don't even know if that's possible. Don't even know if that's realistic. Just being pragmatic. Long-term, got to reevaluate how you do things a bit. Uh, So skating, skill. I think that'll be a priority in terms of the type of players that the organization attempts to procure. Conversely, sports science. Do you change if you're a Western Conference team? This was a a lot of people, uh, Brendan, we keep getting texts about a guy named Lawrence Gilman out of Vancouver. So Lawrence Gilman was, um, amongst other things, cap guy and pushed for nuances in terms of how the Vancouver Canucks did things. The Canucks did some pretty unique things travel-wise years before other teams did. Traveling in the East is not tra- is like not like traveling in the West. There's more requi- uh, rest required to play in the Western Conference. So I'm going to be intrigued to see how that uh, takes place moving forward in relation to Elliot's thoughts. Brian Lott was on the show as well last week. I asked him uh, about the order's future uh, now that uh, Peter Shirelli uh, is no longer the general manager. I don't know if I'm surprised. Uh, I, I guess I am surprised by some things. I'm surprised by the amount of angst, so to speak, from the fan base. I just, you know, like most things in life, uh, there's usually an overreaction. And the Edmonton Oilers are going to be fine. They're going to come up with 
a new general manager, obviously. And that's going to be a good thing, Bob, in my opinion, because I think it's going to give them a chance to get out from under maybe some decisions they've made in the past right. that sometimes a previous general manager is married to and is slow maybe to rectify. Um, so there's all kinds of new possibilities and options that I feel are going to be open to this club uh, and open to them pretty quickly. To me, that's encouraging. And that's why I'm really bullish on the future of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And no, I don't work for the Edmonton Oilers and I don't have a cousin in Bonneville. Uh, that after a text we got out of Bonneville that day. It is 1220 in Edmonton. Here we go. Let's get to some texts on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob Elliott mentioned his podcast that the Edmonton Oilers should hire back Tyler Dello. A lot of teams have moved towards uh, analytics and sports science. Um, well, I think Tyler is quite competent of a fellow. Uh, he had an opportunity to work for the Oilers organization. Uh, the mythology out there is that Edmonton doesn't have an analytics department. They do. That's they got a guy, uh, Peter Shirelli, when he was in Ottawa, had an analytics person, and that was part of his area with the Ottawa Senators. He went to Boston, they had an analytics. The orders have analytics. Now, sports science, maybe uh, there's some different perspectives that can be brought in. Bob, if Lawrence Gilman was part of the team that signed Roberto Luongo to a, that stupid 12-year contract, I don't want him anywhere near the Edmonton Oilers. That text comes in out of Edmonton. Uh, Stan says, Bob, remember the role that Michael Pekka had as a third or fourth line center during the 2006 playoff run? We need a player like him. That one comes to us from Stan. There eh, we go. Brad in St. Albert says, Bob, I'm trying to figure this out. Who was the general manager answering to? Is he the problem? Question mark. Moving forward, it's February. This team is single digits out of a wild card playoff spot. What happens now? What do you feel? What I feel is in a perfect world, there will be an attempt to change the complexion and the makeup of the forwards. I'm not sure that's possible. But in a perfect world, and I'm not being, you know, I'm not saying, hey, look, they're going to bring in you know, Wayne Simmons and Michael Furlan for the stretch run here. I'm saying in a perfect world, they'd add some forwards that could play in the top nine. Some would say the Oilers traded two of those guys away, like Ryan Stone for Ryan Spooner. Who knew Ryan Spooner better than Peter Shirelli? He obviously felt Spooner could give the Oilers more. He didn't. So that trade in hindsight looks... uh, Here's the thing about hindsight. We're all geniuses in hindsight. I would assert to you, hosting this show, that 90 to 95% of the Oilers fan base was ecstatic that the Oilers hired Peter Shirelli as a general manager and hired Todd McClellan as a head coach when those moves went down. And when they were sitting there at the awards show in 2016-17, Peter up for executive of the year, and Todd up for the coach of the year, you know, Connor up for player of the year, the MVP, which he won, you know, it was looking like we are in pretty good shape here. Some of you would say, Bob, the signs were there. You know, the Taylor Hall trade, not getting, you know, giving up two picks for Reinhardt. Some of you would say that, but the majority of the fans were pretty much on board. It's uh, these situations, I hate to use the term fluid, they're fluid. Things change in the hockey world, and the owners are going to have to do better moving forward. 1223 at Edmonton, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Epstein's mother has texted the show to say, Hey, Bob, uh, you said you're not sure what the Oilers can add. Well, aren't they adding Oscar Clefbaum? 
at some point, yes, I'll add Oscar Clefbaum. In a perfect world, it will start Saturday in Philadelphia, but there are imperfections in life. 1226 in Edmonton. Uh, we are going to go to NHL Today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, and here is uh, Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Just three games on the NHL schedule tonight with Winnipeg playing the second half of a back-to-back in Boston. Buffalo visits Columbus, and the Rangers are hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. A big blockbuster deal, the first of what could be many this year, went down yesterday with the Leafs acquiring Jake Muzzin from the LA Kings for Carl Grundstrom, Sean Dursey, and a first-round pick in this year's draft. Muzzin is plus 10 with 21 points this year for the Kings. Hurricanes this morning re-signed forward Jordan Martinuk to a two-year, $4 million contract. couple injury notes. Uh, stars D-man Mark Mathot had season-ending knee surgery yesterday. Bruins goaltender Tuka Rask placed on IR with a concussion. And their head coach Bruce Cassidy says he could return as early as Thursday this week. Blue Jackets forward Artemi Panarin's agent says they will not be negotiating a contract extension during the season. Right now he carries a $6 million cap hit and is a UFA at the end of the 2018-19 campaign. AHL All-Star Game took place last night and Senators prospect Drake Batherson was named the MVP, picked up five goals for the North Division. Condors players Joe Gambardella, Cooper Marodi each found the score sheet throughout uh, the mini-tournament. Condors do resume regular season action on Friday in Iowa. Edmonton Oil Kings finish off a homestand against Brandon tonight. That's a 7 p.m. puck drop at Rogers Place. We'll have Kurt Hill. Just got the confirmation there uh, that he's going to be on at 1.35 with us today, so he'll tee that up. And uh, news today officially coming out, though this has been rumored for quite some time, Bob. Kootenai Ice officially moving to Winnipeg, and that's for the start of next year's season. They started as the Edmonton Ice back in 1996. Yeah, they did when Ed Chanel uh, stepped down as commissioner. He was, he was the biggest power broker in all of junior hockey. And based out of Calgary uh, with his son, Jeff, and they conveniently parachuted themselves an expansion franchise into Edmonton after uh, many uh, runs from the uh, Vic Ma family to uh, to have an Edmonton-owned uh, team. They decided that, no, we're going to do it, and the community wasn't exactly receptive to it, so then they went to Kootenai, and guess what? They weren't very receptive to it there as well, to a small little market. I'll say this about those guys that were involved with that organization. They did a good job. They did a real good job drafting. They always had competitive teams in Cooney. Not a great place. We'll see how they do in Winnipeg. Can Winnipeg handle? Obviously, they got the Jets and an AHL team, the Moose, and now a junior team. That's a lot of hockey. We'll see. They they haven't had the junior team since uh, before Moose Jaw moved to yeah, the Moose Warriors. Jaw. They were right. the Winnipeg Warriors back in the day. Exactly. 12-20. And by the way, I did not know there was an Oil Kings uh, game. But uh, Riley Nielsen's in studio helping us out today, and he told me he's got a Wyatt McLeod jersey on. No relation to former Alberta Golden Bear Gavin McLeod, who captained the Golden Bears to uh, two straight championships in 2005-2006. Spectre's in studio coming up here at 12.35. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.